What's up, sister friend, and welcome to Become a Relationship Badass. I'm Nikki Sunshine, and I'm here as your relationship and intimacy BFF, here to help you by providing powerful skills, objective perspectives, and a new sexy view on intimate relationships. In this podcast, I bring you episodes and interviews that will empower you to become a total badass in the realm of intimate relationships. If you want to learn how to create and sustain thriving, sexy, and fulfilling relationships, this podcast is for you. Now, let's dive into the episode. Thanks for joining me tonight on Become a Relationship Badass. I'm Nikki Sunshine. I'm your host. And today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is triggers. Triggers. Some of you might have a lot of weight on that word, and that's okay. So today I'm going to break down first what is a trigger and where do they originate, where do triggers kind of come from. Um, I'm going to go over how you can become just vitally aware of your triggers and then your partner's triggers and how this can really help you guys in terms of navigating conflict and doing some deep healing. Um, You can actually really help each other with that. So we're going to go over that. And yeah, I'm just going to tell you guys why I've come to actually love my triggers and really appreciate them. So, are you ready for a heated conversation? All right, let's let's dive in here. So, what is a trigger? Um, I looked up the diction- dictionary definition just out of curiosity, and it says that a trigger is a verb. So, to trigger means to cause an event or situation to exist. To cause an event or situation to exist. Um, that doesn't tell me a whole lot in the context of intimate relationships. So I've kind of formulated my own sort of definition. Uh, so I'm defining a trigger in the context of emotional intelligence, an event or experience that brings up feelings and memories from a past traumatic experience. So the trigger itself is the event or experience that actually triggers the memory. Okay, so that could be a person, it could be an experience. Um, There's a lot of different things that can be a trigger. Then when you're triggered, that's an emotional response um, to the trigger. Okay, so that's how you tease that out. Um, Being triggered typically yields one of three responses, and that's fight, flight, or freeze. Uh, We do this because, well, those those three responses are pretty embedded in us. So I'm going to go over that um, in just a moment here. But because in today's world, we have a lot of stress, just the lives we live, a lot of us work long jobs and we're also raising a family and you know there's a lot of um, things to balance in today's world and so uh, stress is at an all-time high you know in documented history 
So when we experience stress, our brains often perceive that as threat. It's a similar response in the brain. And so when you're in a state of chronic stress, your brain's constantly in this perceiving threat mode, in which case your nervous system is firing and your body's having all these reactions. Um, so it's not, it's not, a, it's not very good for your body over time, of course, to live in chronic stress. Um, but that's just kind of an interesting fact. So where do triggers kind of come from? I'm going to go into a little history and take you back hundreds of thousands of years to when human beings were living in the wild and life was a lot more stressful in the sense that there's pretty much threats to our life all around all around us back then. So we were living in the wild, there was wild animals, weather could destroy our camps, our homes, uh, there were enemy tribes, so there were tons of different threats to our safety. So back then, our nervous system intelligently created itself so that when we perceive a threat, certain things in our body change or shift, and that's to help us, and it's all in service of survival. So... When we encountered a threat back then, again, it was almost always life-threatening. So we might have raised our voice and postured ourselves largely to scare off a saber-toothed tiger. That's an example of fight. And so that's a nervous system reaction, reacting to the threat of the saber-toothed tiger. And then we might posture up and raise our voice. Um... We may have gotten small, postured ourselves inward, and dilated our pupils to observe enemy tribes from a safe hiding space. Again, another very intelligent system. That would be an, an example of freeze. Okay, And then we also might have run away screaming from a violent storm. That's an example of flight. So... Hopefully you're seeing the connections sort of between these nervous system reactions we still talk about today, fight, flight, freeze, and kind of where that came from um, in our great ancestral line long, many, many years ago. Uh, so the point is it's in us. This is embedded in us and it's, it's not something that I think you need to shame or make wrong. Um, it's just, it's part of being a human being, getting triggered and having your nervous system react when you feel threatened. And that's all in honor of trying to keep you alive. So again, each of these in, these reactions were intelligent. Um, just to go even a little more into the science side of this, um, when we're stressed, our brain actually releases certain chemicals like adrenal, uh, adrenaline and cortisol. And so these chemicals are released in order to get our blood moving and get us moving so that we can escape the danger. Um, this is the body's primitive instinct when you experience stress to release adrenaline and cortisol and stress hormones like that. So um, that happens and... When those stress hormones kick in, the tendency 
is to falsely perceive everything and everyone around us as a possible threat. So again, this is a mechanism built in for our safety, but now fast forward to 2019 and if you and your partner are in a fight and you you're stressed, your brain perceives a threat, now you're triggered, then your brain releases those chemicals and now you perceive everything and everyone around you as a threat. So you can see how things can get really escalated today because of these intelligent systems in our body, right? Um, additionally, our heart rate is designed to accelerate when we detect threat. Our respiratory rate increases. Uh, the blood that is usually used for digestive purposes is redirected in the body to be used for other more important things in that moment, like running away or... Breathing, you know, increasing your respiratory rate because you're running or fighting. So this is why uh, you or someone you know perhaps when they're stressed can't seem to eat or can't find their appetite because the blood that is usually digesting is being resourced elsewhere when you're stressed or also known as detecting threat according to your brain. So uh, yeah, rational thought becomes muted replaced by exaggerated fear and survival instincts. So this is what it's like to be triggered. This is also what it's like when your brain detects threat or, or detects that it's unsafe. So when we're triggered, we are remembering a time when we felt unsafe. Does that make sense? So there's something happening right in front of you, but that experience of that person is the trigger and they're triggering a memory from the past where you felt threatened or unsafe in some way. Um, so that's just kind of interesting to know um, how that works. But, you know, this is... This is all of these things, the, the heart rate, the physiology, and the blood for your, from your bladder, and the hormones, all of this is what happens to a human being when we perceive threat, okay? These tendencies are still embedded in our system from thousands of years ago, even though most threats and stressors we encounter today are not life-threatening. So this is just starting to kind of explain why we react, maybe you've had the experience of having a very big reaction to something that doesn't seem like that big of a deal when you look at it later. I know I have had that experience and this kind of is the nerdy science and history behind that. So for all you other <laughs> nerdy baby grandmas out there like me, uh, this I hope that that part was interesting for you. Um, so let's just circle back. So when we are triggered, we are re-experiencing emotions from a past experience when we truly felt unsafe. And this is why so many of our memories, when we're like the memories that come up when we get triggered are connected to childhood because when we were children, we were, most of us were quite vulnerable and dependent on others for our survival. I know there's some of you badasses out there that probably grew up and were parenting your, your parents by the time you were eight or nine. 
but that doesn't deny those even those first couple years when you're a baby, you absolutely depend on others for your survival. So it's a very vulnerable time in your life. And if your caregivers don't show up during that time, your brain perceives that as a threat to your life because if they don't come back, how are you going to get fed? Who's going to change your diaper? Um, and these are all things that are necessary, as we know, to, to survive. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just kind of interesting. So what I hope you've gotten so far is that there's nothing wrong with getting triggered. There's nothing wrong with you or your partner or anyone who gets triggered. It's embedded in us very deeply as human beings, and it's connected to real memories and um, real times where we felt unsafe. So it's, it's, it's real. You know, it's not, you're not crazy or you're not too much. Um, again, it's highly intelligent system designed by our brain and our nervous system to protect us and help us survive. So I invite you to have a little bit of compassion for yourself and for anyone in your life who you may have judged for getting triggered and see if we can just own that as part of being human and make it okay. All right, so um, I want to get into how to become vitally aware of your triggers and your partner's triggers. Um, first, I just want to go over what, so just to review physically what a trigger might, so when you're triggered, you might, these are the things you might notice in yourself or someone else who's triggered. Um, and this can just help you because it's good to know if someone's triggered because then you know they're not in their frontal cortex, they're in their animal brain, and they're not going to be able to be very present for a real conversation until they're relaxed and get their nervous system relaxed. Um, so things you could look for, a raised voice or not talking at all. Uh, a enlarged posture, posturing to look large or crouching down. Um, changing in the tone of voice, you might notice inability to keep eye contact or you might notice dilated pupils. Also wanting to flight, as we said, so running away or, or leaving the situation is another thing you might see. Um, so how do we become aware of our triggers and why would we want to? Okay, this is what I'm going to try and answer now. Um, and I'm actually just going to start with an example from my own life. I believe storytelling is an amazing way to teach and learn, so um, I'm just going to share an example that happened with me and Warren about a year ago. Uh, Warren's my boyfriend. And so we had just started dating kind of, no, I guess we were about six, eight months into dating. We were living together at this point. I walked in the house and it had been a long day at work and I was looking forward to cracking a beer and just kind of relaxing. And I went to the fridge and my beers were gone. I had like a six pack and they were all gone. So I've so I got pretty upset and started walking around the house. Okay, where are my beers? And I find Warren and our other roommate, Ty, and they're at the DJ booth just jamming out, having a great time, and drinking my beers. <laughs> and me not being very resourced that day just kind of, you know, lost it and got, got I got upset. And so I said, Warren, and 
I start talking at him and kind of this, my, my tone of voice changed, um, kind of this snotty tone and trying to explain to him why I was frustrated about them drinking all of my beers. And he was listening to me. I think he truly was listening like through his ears, but he wasn't present with me. He was looking at his computer screen. It's kind of like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. And that is the moment that I got super triggered. So right there I knew later when I went back to kind of reflect on this, something about that, him looking at the computer screen while I'm trying to talk to him and express my feelings was very triggering for me. And so I got triggered and so I raised my voice and started yelling at him. And then it appeared that he got triggered and he left the room. So right there, you're noticing the different physical ways a trigger can manifest that I was talking about. I raised my voice. He left the room. So he's, he flight. I, I did more of like fight, raising my voice, kind of coming in. Um, and then that, I mean, that whole ordeal led to a pretty rough patch for a couple days, that entire thing. So, um, you know, me being who I am, I got curious. And so I, I went back and, um, kind of thought, okay, what could be triggering me here? And what I traced it back to was, um, the feeling was the feeling of not being heard, like trying so hard to be heard and nobody's hearing me. That was the feeling that I had with that instance with Warren. And what that feeling reminded me of was uh, a time in my life around age 12 to 15. These are the years I remember everything being like the most chaotic for me. And I grew up in a single mom household. My dad passed when I was two. And so it was my mom and my two sisters, four gals. And it, it was a bit, it was chaotic at times. Uh, my mom was fighting alcohol. Oh man. <laughs> my mom was fighting alcoholism and she was also battling dependence on prescription drugs while my sisters and I being young girls were just having all sorts of reactions to this. So there was often fighting, yelling, physical fighting, um, my role was kind of the good girl, going to school, getting good grades, you know, t- picking up babysitting jobs so I could help my mom out and just trying to be a good girl. And so the feeling I had back then was that no one could really hear me or even notice me because there was always so much going on around me. And it was literally the feeling of me being like, mom, mom, mom. But then like my two sisters would be fighting or something. And so she couldn't hear me. Um, So it just created this feeling when I was younger of like, wow, nobody can hear me or nobody even notices me. So fast forward 15 years, I'm with Warren and I'm talking directly at him trying to express my frustration and he's looking at his computer and that same feeling came over me. So I got triggered. So that was really interesting to find out. So then on Warren's side, he got triggered when I raised my voice at him. And so he did his own work and figured out that was because he grew up in a house similarly with um, just his mom for 
most of his life. And uh, there was just a lot of, you know, arguing, bickering. His mom, she's this, I love her to death. She's this little Filipino fire and I just, oh, I adore her. But she she grew up in a place where yelling, that's just how people communicate when they need to make a point. And so she would yell at Warren a lot. And he, that, that was his traumatic experience. So when I yelled at him, it brought him back to kind of those dark years back at home when, you know, money was a struggle and there was like some struggles in the family and uh, just a lot of yelling. So... I mean, this is amazing, right? If you guys can just think about your own life, think about a trigger right now that you have. Do you know one? I'm curious. Um, feel free to message me about any of this stuff. I love to talk to you guys and hear your stories, but see if you can ad identify a trigger in your life, something you know that triggers you, whether it be a certain behavior or experience. Um, and then just get curious and think, huh, I wonder that, what that's connected to. It's, it's quite fascinating to find out. And then once you do figure that out, what's really cool is you can open up this dialogue with your partner and this you guys can talk about this stuff. So I now know my trigger. It's like, okay, so you get triggered when I yell. I mean, that's such good information, right? Because now I know if I raise my voice at him, he's going to be triggered and then he's not going to be present or available to have a real conversation. So this is useful information. And then to go even further with it, we can enlist each other to help us heal these wounds that are connected to our triggers. So let me go into this for a minute. I just think this is so fascinating. So I'm going to go back to my example. Um, I think it'll be the easiest to understand that way. So for me, what I did is I, so I went back to that memory, right? I, some, some, for some of you, it'll be easier to get specific. There's a specific memory and some of you might just be like growing up in my household from ages five to seven, you know, it might be more broad, but um, see if you can get a specific memory if you're going to try and do this particular exercise. Um, so I went back there in my head, in my heart, my body, and I f felt that feeling of not being heard, which again, that's, so that's a threat because if you're a kid and, you, and no one can hear you, you're eventually going to need something and your needs aren't going to be met. So to our animal brain, they just see that as threat, not being able to be heard. So I'm a child and I don't feel like I'm heard. I figured out what was it that I needed back then that I didn't get. So fast forward or rewind to 12-year-old Nikki. It's like in that moment when I wasn't being heard, was there something mom could have said to me? Was there a way someone could have come and rubbed my back? Did I need someone to give me a hug? If you can figure that out, that's hugely valuable now because so I – Let's just go back to the example for a sec. I figured out a couple things like that would have really helped me relax back then if I had been told that. If my mom would have said, Nikki, I hear you and I know what you have to say is important. Or, hey, it's okay. You don't have to yell. I'm listening. 
Um, those are a couple examples of some of the phrases that I discovered would have helped me back then relax in those moments of stress when I didn't feel heard. Um, how did I figure those out? I basically went back there almost in sort of a meditation, um, took myself back to that place, got to the place where I felt the feelings of being there unheard in the chaos, and then I tried things out. I said them to myself, um, and I literally observed my own body to see, okay, what actually has me relaxed? Oh, my shoulders just relaxed. Oh, my breathing just returned to normal. Um, so that's kind of the process I used. Uh, but once you have these, now you can enlist your partner. So let's say I do get triggered. Let's say this whole scenario happens again. I'm talking to Warren. He's looking at his laptop, and I get triggered. And he looks at me, and he sees my pu pupils are dilated, and I'm starting to raise my voice. If he's resourced in that moment and not triggered, he can come over to me and, you know, say those phrases to me if I've, you know, whatever I need, but maybe it means putting his hand on my back and rubbing my back or, again, giving me a hug. Um, so whatever you need, whatever works for you, but you can, you and your partner can help each other out in this way. And by doing this, you might be able to, this is what we call co-regulation. Um, you might be able to help regulate one another down back into a calm, resourced place. Because the thing about being triggered, y'all, is that you can't, if, if one person's triggered and you're trying to have a conversation about something and really do some problem solving or work something out, when we're triggered, we're not in our frontal cortex. We are in our back of our brain. It's our animal brain. It's pure instinct and threat and um, there's no relational skills in that part of the brain. So it's in both of your best interests, especially if you're trying to have a conversation or get something done together to help calm each other down so that you can be resourced and relaxed and then you can talk and work your stuff out. So, um, and yeah, so this is kind of the magic of deciding to become aware of our triggers, right? Um, I want to leave you guys two with a few quick tips for getting to the root of a trigger. So if you're hearing this and you're like, okay, cool, Nikki, that's all well and good, but I don't know what my triggers are connected to. Um, I don't know, and I don't know how to figure that out. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a few quick tips now, and I also want to say if this is something you've been struggling with and you might want to go deeper with this, if these quick tips aren't enough and you think you there's more unpacking to be done. Um, this is something I work on with my clients at Relationship Badass. So you can reach out to me through my website. You can hit me up on the contact page or you can schedule a free 30-minute call with me and we can just explore it briefly and see if I could be of help there for you. So um, just want to put that out there. But for now, a few quick tips. So if you're in an instance and you're getting triggered and you're like, okay, I want to figure out what this trigger is about, here's a few questions you can ask yourself in that moment or later when you're reflecting about the situation. What does this remind me of? What does this situation remind me of? Who do you remind me of? So the person that's involved that has triggered you or has done something to trigger you, um, who do they remind you of? 
And finally, where have I felt this way before? So in my example, I shared actually connecting the feeling. It was where have I felt this way before? And that's what helped me to get to the root of my trigger. So those are a few questions you can use if you're if you have a trigger but you can't haven't been able to get to the root of it, you can try those questions and see if that's helpful for you. All right, so shifting from triggers are a burden, that kind of mindset, to triggers are an opportunity for me to grow and heal. Okay, I, I'm going to try and convince you to sh- make that shift um, for just a moment. So as I mentioned before, when you become curious about your triggers and kind of an investigator um, and figure out what they're connected to you, you can understand yourself better. You can have more compassion for yourself. Uh, this, for me, was one of the most healing parts of this entire process. Once I understood my triggers more, it was like the permission slip I always needed to just be okay with the fact that I get triggered. I used to have a lot of self-judgment around that. Um, I'm sure none of you can relate, right? Um, But really, I think that it's it's just part of who we are. And so, um, again, you can kind of... Gain some more self-compassion maybe once you understand, oh, this is why this is happening because that thing happened that one time and that was so scary. And now when he does that, oh, and you can kind of just um, understand on a more logical level. And I know not everyone needs that, but for some humans out there, myself included, this is is really helpful for me to kind of, um, yeah, just understand it and be like, okay, it makes sense now. So um, you can have more compassion for yourself. You can enlist your partner to aid you in healing this deep wound, like we talked about. Um, So these are all benefits of just being curious about your triggers. For me, now, today, when I get triggered, I'm almost instantly curious. I wouldn't say I'm curious the moment while I'm triggered and in it, but um, once I begin to reflect afterwards, I just become curious. I'm like, what? was that? Like, wow, I just got so pissed or I got so scared or I ran away. And when I really look at what he or she did, it wasn't that big of a deal. Why, why did that just happen? And so I get really curious. I start doing some digging. I'll ask myself those questions. Okay. What does he remind me of? What does this situation remind me of? Where have I felt this way before? And I will do some digging until I locate the original wound. And then I have the pleasure of educating my partner about me and my past and all these new layers that he never knew about me before, which I just think is another really cool part about triggers is we get to keep learning about each other. It brings out all these parts of the past. And I mean, yes, it's the dark past sometimes, but I, I mean, for me, intimacy is like, show me your lightness and show me your darkness and let me love all of it. So I want to know all the darkness about the people in my life that I love. And I want to love that part of them just as much as I love their lightness. Um, So I get to educate my partner and then I get to, he gets to learn more about me and then I get to call on him to support me in those moments. And over time you can actually heal these wounds. Um, So let's say you have your partner enlisted and they're going to support you in a moment. 
Um, so let's just say quick for an example, you get triggered when he raises his voice and he has agreed now, if he raises his voice, to then come in and hug you and stroke your head and say, it's okay, baby, I love you. That's the thing you needed when you were younger and your dad used to raise your voice, his voice at you. Let's just say that's the example I just made up. So if this is the case, let's say your boyfriend yells at you and then you start crying because you're triggered. And then he comes over and he does that thing where he hugs you and says, baby, it's going to be okay. And then a week later, he yells at you again. And then you break down crying. And then he comes over and he hugs you. Baby, it's going to be okay. And you relax, right? And this happens again a week later and again a week later. Over time, you can actually heal that original wound so that it's not a trigger anymore. Because you've relived the injury so many times, but you've then gotten the support and care you needed so that your nervous system could relax. And so your nervous system is slowly getting trained to believe that this situation is no longer life-threatening because it's scary, but then it's okay. Because he comes over and he does the hug and he says it's going to be okay. Does that make sense? I, I just think this is so fascinating, you guys. So I hope I'm explaining it well. Obviously, if you have questions or anything or want to jam out with me about this even more, reach out to me. You guys know. Um, but this is just so, I mean, to be able to heal these childhood wounds and, you know, there, it, it is also possible to heal them with the people that they occurred with, so about be mom or dad. Um, obviously if you're like, like if that's an option for you, for some people, mom and dad aren't around anymore, but, um, it's probably a lot harder because think about your relationship with your parents versus your relationship with your partner. Who's probably going to be more open to something like this? Um, typically, because we are so intimately connected with our partner, so close with them, so synced, they're our best um, option for this kind of deep healing. So I just, I just love triggers, man. <laughs> So just to review one last time, they help me learn about myself, right? And they help me learn about my partner. And then as we're learning, I can gain more compassion for myself and compassion for my partner. Okay, the beauty of being curious about our triggers. Um, triggers are just opportunities to instigate deep healing. Also, I love triggers because challenges help me to grow. And they help me to become stronger and braver and bolder. And if you know me, you know your girl is a personal growth and development junkie. I'm obsessed. I'm always reading books and listening to podcasts and doing all my, my inner work. I'm looking at my shit because I love, I mean, Tony Robbins says it best. If you don't grow, you die. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to sign up for that growth thing. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, man. Mm. I had to grab a drink of water there, but wow, that was an awesome episode. That was so fun to talk about. Whew. How you guys feeling? <laughs> Hopefully I didn't trigger any of you. You like that? <laughs> you like that? Dorky grandma humor? This week, your call to action is to start this conversation around triggers with your partner. 
if you're single out there, my call to action for you is to either start this conversation with a close friend or someone you trust, maybe even an ex, or start this conversation with yourself. So just take the first steps to becoming aware of your triggers and being curious about your partner's triggers and talking about it and discovering what there is to discover. All right, sister friend, oh brother friend, if you loved this episode, please let me know. Uh, You can do so by leaving a rating or review right on the podcast app you're listening from. You can also let me know by screenshotting this on your phone and throwing it on your Insta story. Tag me in it. Let me know you're listening. Tag any friends who you think might dig this episode. That's always super helpful. Um, And if you want to keep the conversation going about what we talked about today, just shoot me a direct message. Um, I love to talk with you guys, hear your experiences, maybe even lend some support. So reach out to me there. Um, Another place you can connect with me is my badass Facebook tribe. So join my Facebook tribe. It's called Relationships 101. It's where I do a lot of my live videos and just tons of juicy content. Um, It's a classroom and a community. So while I do throw lots of juicy content out there, it's also open for you all to post and share your experiences and maybe reach out if you're struggling. Um, You'll have an epic community of your peers and other relationship nerds, as well as a handful of relationship coaches will be in there to offer support. So um, go on and join that. Uh, You can get that link from me personally or just look up Relationships 101 group on Facebook. And finally, my website, relationshipbadass.com. You can book a free 30-minute discovery call with me if you're interested to learn more about Relationship Badass or relationship coaching. Um, You can also just check out all my free juicy videos and blog posts. I got a free guide on there you can get. So go check it out. Have fun. Thank you so much for being here. I seriously love each of you so fucking much. And it's such a joy for me to come here and talk to y'all and just talk about what I love, which is human beings and how we relate and brain psychology and all the good stuff. So I'll catch you next time. Thanks for being here. I'll see you in the next episode.